Award-winning journalists, New York Times bestsellers, no topic out of bounds, no opinions left unsaid, an institution for sports talk and information. This is The Sports Reporters. Here's Mike Lupica, Mitch Albom, and Bob Ryan. I'm Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe and ESPN. I'm Mike Lupica of the New York Daily News and MLB.com. I'm Mitch Albom of the Detroit Free Press, and we welcome you to The Sports Reporters Podcast, the podcast incarnation of the long-running Sunday morning TV show on ESPN. Uh, A difficult show to do today because the world is talking about the story that we will be talking about this morning, and that is the tragic, untimely death of Kobe Bryant at 41 years of age, his daughter Gianna at 13 years of age, and seven other passengers of a helicopter that early Sunday morning on a foggy Orange County in Los Angeles morning uh, had some kind of difficulty and crashed into a hillside in Calabasas, California, killing all of the passengers and bringing to a stunning end a career that brings to mind endless adjectives. Kobe Bryant was a complex person with a complex life, but he was a basketball superstar. And we begin this morning with Mike and Bob. I I think just your your initial thoughts when you first heard the news, because uh, this is a little bit one of those, where were you when you heard X happened on account of his youth? What was your Mitch, I was was sitting at home yesterday afternoon. Zach Lupica lives in California now, and he called me, and he said, Dad, there's a crazy story out there. And I said, what? He said that Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash. And and again, Zach felt like he was getting it even in faster real time than the rest of us because he was out there. Okay, so he knew where to go. And at first it was only TMZ. And I think everybody's reaction was it was would have been pretty real reckless, but they 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 I it made it was very difficult to believe that they would go with this story. Mitch and Bob, I I had to sit down not long after that and write a column for the Daily News. And and I began it by it was extraordinary to me. I, I was thinking, how old is he? Was he close to? I couldn't remember. Forty-one years old, which means Kobe Bryant was famous in this country for more than half his life. He he was famous as a teenager, um, not as famous as LeBron, but but pretty famous and actually providing a template for LeBron's career. And and I reacted to this. I reacted to this as a sports fan, as a basketball fan, as a columnist. But then when you found out that the children died on this flight and one of them was his, then I, you know, I have a daughter. Bob has a daughter. Mitch, um, Mitch and Janine adopted a daughter. You couldn't help but respond to this as a parent. And, you know, all of the athlete dying young stuff was used in one form or fashion yesterday. But but the one I kept thinking about was the first one that we knew about, which was Gianna Gigi Bryant, age 13, who died with her father on on, you know, on her way to a basketball game. That, to me, separated this story from so many other tragedies that we have known like it in our careers doing what we do for a living. I uh, was sitting home as well and uh, got a phone call from my daughter. And she simply said, Kobe is dead. And I had a silence of at least five to ten seconds. And I said, I'm processing this. What? And she said, Kobe Bryant. And and, uh, and it's all over Twitter. Uh, and I forgot whether she mentioned the helicopter crash. A crash. Anyway, so that's all I heard. Uh, obviously, my reaction at the moment 
it was strictly with him not knowing about uh, Gianna uh, at that moment. When I did, my thoughts are echo, and Mike particularly is the father of a daughter, the father of any child, doesn't matter. Uh, but, um, um, you know, honestly, I'll be honest, here's my, my first thought was, uh, oh boy, uh, he was going to go in the Hall of Fame, and this ceremony, I'm just, all on my mind is fast forwarding to the Hall of Fame enshrinement and, 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 and what, uh, you know, the ramifications of how the, that somber, how that's going to affect, affect that, you know, and how people are going to be paying tribute to Kobe and all that. Uh, I said, you know, the timing and all. And the other thing was, uh, guys, not too long ago, last week or so, I remember reading something, uh, an extended piece about him and, and uh, detailing, of course, the whole post career, um, uh, evolution of him uh, we all know he won that oscar two years ago but all the stuff that he does and then the life and how he was setting an example of how to have a productive fruitful post-career life if you're a superstar unlike many others who never know what the hell to do with themselves i was in southern california yesterday morning in orange county uh i flew out on a big plane it was foggy it stayed foggy most of the day when i heard this news I know where Kobe Bryant lives. Uh, I'm out there all the time. I know I know his house. I know Pelican Estates where where it's located. Uh, and my first thought was, yeah, I believe that because freak. First of all, he used to take helicopters up to L.A. all the time, and the it's a very rich area, and people there use helicopters to avoid the traffic. And I had a vision of Kobe Bryant alone in a plane with a private pilot trying to get to some kind of meeting. And then, Mike, as you said, when the headlines were updated, because the initial headlines from the L.A. I went right to the L.A. Times. I figured they're going to know better. And they just said Kobe Bryant killed in helicopter crash. And then all of a sudden, you know, you refresh and there's Kobe Bryant and daughter, 13-year-old daughter killed in helicopter crash with. At first, they said there were three others, and eventually they upped it to nine uh, total passengers. Then it did take on a whole different realm for me. First of all, I thought there aren't enough buckets to fill the tears of a father losing his daughter, let alone somehow being responsible for the trip. He clearly made the decision to go. Uh, it, where they were going, you could drive to. I know where they were going. It would be about a two-hour, hour-and-a-half drive on a Sunday morning, but it's faster to take a helicopter. And I cannot imagine, as someone who has lost a daughter, I cannot imagine what is going through his wife Vanessa's mind yeah. and, and, the, and the other two, three sisters, well, one is an infant, uh, about the what-ifs and why and did we need to and, you know, the whole unnecessary element of it but that's what life is there's always you know car crashes and 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 contracting diseases when places where you should oh i shouldn't have i couldn't you can't live life that way and he that that, that has dominated my mind and every time you know i wrote a column too we all did it was in the business and you have to do the whole thing about how many points and how many games and how many and it felt so uh inappropriate because this is so much more about a tragedy than it is about a, a tribute to his career, and I still can't get past the tragedy part. You know, Mitch, you're completely right, and you know, we, we all we've encountered this before. We'll all encounter it again. You know, it's 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 ridiculous and impossible, but part of the job to try to sum up in in a thousand words or nine hundred words or 
whatever it is. And and we'll get into how complicated his legacy was off uh, the court and, and the amazing second act he he wrote for himself. And I, I was thinking about this last night because I, I did television last night. I did television this morning. And, you know, we're eventually going to get some sense of why it happened. But but the fact that, you know, now I'm, I'm reading stories today already that they were flying too low, that they, there's a chance, Mitch, that they could have flown into the mountain because that's how bad the visibility was. And most helicopters were grounded because your first reaction when you hear, you know, I don't know a lot about te- I was in a helicopter once in my life and you think that it's a single end. En- no, there were two engines. So it, it's it's hard to believe that it was engine failure that made this fall out of the sky. But the fact is, it doesn't matter why it fell out of the sky. It did fall out of the sky and nine people died. And we guys, we know this. We've had other tragedies before. I mean, my God, I was shocked to recall that it was 50 years ago that we lost the Marshall football team in a plane crash. Rocky Marciano was 45 years old when a private plane that he was in crashed is still the only undefeated heavyweight champ in history. Roy Halladay was flying his own uh, whatever kind of plane that was. Hayne Stewart. Thurman Munson. The the death flight of Payne Stewart. Exactly right, Mitch. Remember that day when we followed that drama of the ghost ship up in the sky and and how they were going to shoot it down and all of that stuff. But again, what changed the narrative here, what changed the narrative and made this tragedy even worse, if you if you know, I don't know how you grade tragedies, was children being on board and one of them being Kobe's, who was clearly, you know, he has four kids. I have four kids. It's, you know, clearly this little girl was the apple of his eye because she was the ball player, at least the only one so far. And and Mitch and Bob, you know, was there anything more heartbreaking than those images of him sitting with her recently at an NBA game and, you know, pointing to the court and then the ones we saw of them on the court together and, and him with the team a few days ago. Oh my God is it, it just, it, it ripped your heart out. It stomped on it. It put it back in and then it did it again. The Jimmy Fallon interview, which I didn't know about, but I've heard uh, excerpts from twice already when, you know, Fallon made a reference. He was telling the story. Oh, I think it was about, Jimmy Kimmel, Bob. I think Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel. Sorry, we're wrong. Jimmy, right? You know about somebody saying you need a son, and, he, and his daughter said, "I got that. <laughs> I got it. Don't yeah. worry." I, uh, oh yeah, um, it's that. All that. It, it's just that. All this. The other thing I was thinking about, guys, and I did honestly think about this right away was you know cursing modern technology. In other words, you know, too bad someone invented this helicopter. You know that you know a, a horse and buggy would have been better, or a car. Not that a car was. And how a, many times I, I was thinking Taylor Lupica and I were talking about this today, Mitch and Bob. Could we even compute how many flights he had taken in this helicopter? It's, no, I didn't know about could, this. Is, it Mitch, could it be in me, the Mike. thousands? It might be oh. in the thousands. I, I, it was, he used it to commute. Uh, so, uh, listen, they will come out. They will get to the bottom of this. All They have all the information they need on these kind of crashes, and they'll be able to very carefully determine uh, whether it was weather equipment or pilot error, and heaven forbid if it's the third they haven't released the pilot's name. And yes, they have. That's yeah, good. They, yeah, they oh, have. They, they have. now have. They yeah, they know everybody who is on board at this point. And, yeah, uh, they do. And, and, you know, I just hope that this is uh, has something to do with uh, weather or mechanics. Uh, but, yeah, they use it to commute, and a lot of people in Orange County do. Uh, it, it, the, the, the traffic in Los Angeles area and trying to live – Kobe Bryant lives near the beach. Uh, it's a beautiful area. The price you pay for living that kind of serene – Life and he's been there for a long time. By the way, he and his wife moved there early on. You know, while he was still playing, 
uh, the price you pay is it's a long way away from the Staples Center or wherever you got to go in Los Angeles. And and so how do you avoid that? You, you Rich people get in private helicopters and there's services from Orange County Airport all over the place. And, and that's where this flew out of. And I, I see them when I fly in. So it's not an uncommon way. And yes, Mike, he flew a million times in it, but that's going to be determined in 10 days to two weeks. We do have to sort of put his life into some kind of perspective, albeit through the lens of a tragedy. And I would say that the first thing that keeps coming to mind, it came to mind when I was writing my column, it keeps coming to mind as we're talking, is youth. It's hard to believe that he was just 41 years old. And you realize that everything about Kobe Bryant was about being young. He jumped to the NBA when he was 17. He started playing when he was 18, but he was 17 when he made the decision. And by the time he won championships, he was barely in his 20s. And by the time he retired, uh, he was only 37. And by the time he won an Oscar, he wasn't even 40 and, and wrote children's books. And so this feels like, even though Kobe Bryant had a, a long, long NBA career, the longest career with any one team of any player, first one to spend 20 years with one team, he was still so young. And then you throw in a 13-year-old daughter, and this is so much about youth being cut down. But but Kobe Bryant did everything young fast, and that's what makes this doubly tragic because you can only imagine if he was blessed with a full life and would live till 80 or 90, what his obituary at the time of a normal passing might have been. And I wrote this myself in my piece today that, you know, normally people talk, a lot of celebrities talk about what's going to be my first line in my obituary, what's going to be in the first paragraph. And his first paragraph should have been filled with accomplishments and instead is now and forever going to be filled with how he died. How he died. Mm. Um, Mitch, you're 100% right. I've been thinking about, and, and again, it, you know, the luminaries in the history of basketball, it's an extraordinary list. But over the last 35 years, really moving up on 40 years since Michael Jordan was in college. It, and this does not mean I'm pushing Magic or Larry or Russell or anybody to the side. We've had this extraordinary progression. There was Michael, then there was Kobe, and, and Michael and Kobe um, uh, uh, overlapped, and then Kobe overlapped with LeBron, okay? Kobe wanted to be Michael. Then LeBron saw what Kobe had done coming from high school to the pros. So he looked up to Kobe the way Kobe had looked up to Michael. And, and, you know, for all of our talk about the obsession with Kobe being Michael, no, Kobe seemed pretty comfortable being Kobe. And even Michael now, you know, has said, and Kobe has said that he was a mentor, a, a, a big brother. And, and so Michael, Kobe, LeBron. And, and guys, there's a handful of one name, Sports celebrities. Those are three. Tiger is another. Okay. I happened to be watching the golf tournament yesterday at Torrey Pines. And and Tiger did not know until he came off the course. And Joey LaCava, his caddy, then talked to him. And, and Tiger's first response was, excuse me? And then he understood why people were saying to him from the gallery during the day, nobody called out that Kobe was dead, but said, do it for Mamba. Like assuming that, that Tiger knew. And and so this was a level of celebrity as as because of where he played and what he did, a, a level of celebrity as great as anybody we've had, not just in basketball, but in American professional sports. 
by the way, uh, the the international scope of it. Uh, Neymar scored a goal yesterday and then flashed a two four symbol uh, with his. Oh, fingers. Nadal came off the court today this morning, Bob, wearing um, a Nike Lakers hat. Oh yeah, okay. and, and and Nick Kyrgios came out for that match in a Kobe jersey. And, uh, and it's, I wor- know- it's worth wondering why so many athletes and so many other sports uh, did that, and it wasn't because Kobe Bryant was their friend. Because Kobe Bryant was actually pretty private, and and I doubt that he met or has met uh, uh, more than in passing a lot of the people who are paying tribute to him. It's because he personified for athletes the grit and focus and dogged, you know, do anything it takes to win that they want to have. And uh, you know, when if you were an athlete, and I'm going to tee you up, Bob, to kind of put his basketball career in perspective, because you're the best suited of the three of us to do it. But from a general athlete point of view, he was an athlete's athlete. You know, that focus, that drive. Athletes don't care about who's nice with the media or who gives what answer to this or that, or even the off-court stuff, which we'll certainly get to. Athletes admire dogged determination to overcome odds. And he did that as a 17-year-old. He did that when uh, Shaq left and and they said, you'll never win without him. He did it when he came back from injury, albeit not to win championships, but just to come back and play. And that's why I think so many athletes around the world who may have only had a brushing contact with him will pay tribute to him and admire him and do the things that they're doing. As far as basketball, Bob, Give us some kind of place in history thing for Kobe, his particular skill set. and I have where long was. maintained that uh, in combination of skill set and fire, uh, uh, determination, uh, competitiveness, he's the closest thing we've seen to Michael, who is the gold standard of basketball history in his history as an individual virtuoso and possession of the multiple skills. And uh, it's Michael Jordan has been the standard and Kobe's the closest thing, whether it's one a or two, it's he's num- he's the next one there. Uh, he mirrored Michael in, in that regard more than anyone has. And in the skill set, uh, the same size, roughly um, the, the, uh, the nine times and, and the two way capability. That's what separates the two of them. And even from the magic and the Mike and the Larry's, which, is that uh, and 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 LeBron is next in the, in between in the middle at this regard because of the uh, fact he made nine times he was a first team all defensive team he was a symbol of excellence there as well as Michael was so he's there so now you're going to talk about the whole packing order I always you know I have to preface everything you're talking about the all time greatest basketball players you have to start with that any list of three and, and then ten and maybe even five and I say five includes the three great centers the three great centers first all first name russ will uh, first one name guy russ wilton kareem if you could, so they're in the mix now we get to the next one up michael and lebron then we get the magic and larry and i thought LeBron, kobe gets in this discussion right there so we're talking that's where i got him uh in that uh in that discussion and i know for the younger generation you know this is always always going to be generational he'll be placed ahead of both magic and 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 uh, larry and I'll, I'll accept that uh in their in their perspective but that's where he belongs and no lower and and um, you might argue higher but that's where he belongs and you know mitch i the the thing about michael is and i you you guys have heard me say this more than once michael was the main event for me I saw Michael make the shot to win the national championship all the way through his career. What, what, of all the people I've ever covered, Michael was the, the main event. But Bob's right. 
Kobe was as close to that as you could possibly be. And, and not just statistically. Okay. It's, it's no. statistics plus star power plus longevity plus ruthlessness. Uh, Mitch, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just stop this conversation. When he was a kid, when he was still a kid, he came to the 98 All Star game at Madison Square Garden. And, and, you know, I knew the people running the Knicks then. So we, I had, was able to get backstage passes for the kids. And and what I remember about that night was he he was either 19 or 20. I'd have to go back and look at exactly how. But 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 he was he was totally at ease with these people in these circumstances. And and Chris Lupica kept the, the ticket that he signed. And he 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 called me up last night and he said, Dad, you know what I remember about that? And I said, what? And because Christopher was like 11 at the time, he said he was really nice to us. And so he, you know, he was the son of a player. He was born to this. And and then he became the guy who would score 81 points in a game. And he won five NBA championships, Mitch, and was in the finals seven times. Michael won six. LeBron was in nine finals. So statistically, you can kind of throw an amazing blanket over these accomplishments. But but those three guys, those three guys sort of coming back to back to back, but intersecting in, in some ways. It's It's been an extraordinary progression. Again, star power, longevity, excellence. Um, uh, and, and, and that ruthlessness, Costas was saying yesterday, he had a front row seat to a lot of this. And he sat next to Doug Collins for some of these games. And Collins always said to Bob, it didn't matter if they knew he was getting the ball at the end of the game. He would get the ball, he would make the shot, and then Doug would say, they played perfect defense and it didn't matter. Like he was 19 at the time. Yeah, that, yeah. I, he, his birthday's August twenty third, so he was not. He was uh, so he wasn't even so, twenty yet, Bob. Six was months amazing. or so shy of his twentieth birthday. Uh, look, the the poise, the personal demeanor. Let, let me intersect this one. I mean, interject this one right now. He was different as a as a person than and all his peers and all his opponents because he had a wider sensibility. Remember, he spent formative years in living in Italy where Joe Jelly Bean Bryant was playing from yep. ages like five to like 11 or so. He spoke Italian. He even did that commercial early on where he spoke Italian. He had an inherent, uh, um, a world, a worldliness and awareness that was, that was not, uh, uh, present with the, the, his peers. And some of that time, sometimes it, his, his, I won't say haughtiness, but something about him manifested itself to where there was pro, there were problems. And, and he, he was not as tolerant of the foibles of these, of these, uh, you know, these Americans as, as, uh, other people were. And, and there were, documented examples of that coming out during this time with the Lakers. He had to learn to make accommodation to these Americans who didn't quite get it the way he got it. Uh, he, he was special in that regard, in a way that no other American-born player has been uh, in, in our time. So to, to put his career up on the blocks, so to speak, and to analyze it, to me, uh, there were two parts to it. First of all, when he was young and Let's not forget, for people who might be listening to us or are young themselves, that he was drafted when he was 17 years old by the Charlotte Hornets. He was traded by the Charlotte Hornets to the L.A. Lakers at a very sharp Jerry West who figured out that uh, I got to rebuild and this kid's got a skill set that I can rebuild with. And he, Kobe didn't, you know, he wasn't drafted number one. It, uh, it wasn't LeBron James. He was uh, whatever that was, 13th or 13. whatever. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's going to be a project. 
And then he ends up being a project on the bench for the Lakers where he sat on the bench during his first season where he had some bad games and the famous air ball shots against <laughs> Utah and things like that. And, and, and so he didn't, he didn't step on the court and start scoring. It wasn't Zion Williamson. He wasn't LeBron James. Uh, and, and it took him a little while to get in. But then when he found his groove and it was quick – there was a delight to Kobe Bryant, and there was a joy to Kobe Bryant that kids emulated, and everybody loved Kobe. He, he, the name, the playfulness, the youth, the way that he played the game, the moves that he made was very young, very joyous, very happy. Uh, they won three straight championships from 2000 to 2003. This is where his career takes a different turn. In 2003, with seemingly everything a man could want, uh, at at what was he in 2003? 20, uh, 4, 25? 20, uh, 225. 25 years of age. 24, 25. He's hard to believe 25 years of age. I mean, that's a child in and of itself. Uh, he goes to Colorado for some rehab, and this is undisputed, and no one is you know, spitting at the memory of, of Kobe Bryant, but this has to be part of his story as well. He goes to a clinic or a hotel rehab place in Colorado. He's there about five or 10 minutes, meets a woman who takes him to his room and he has sex with this woman in the room. She claims it was not consensual. He claims it was. Uh, it turns into an assault charge and in the end, just days before the trial was about to start, and I remember that time and everybody you know, talking about what was going to happen at this trial, suddenly it's called off, the witness doesn't want to te- testify, it becomes a, a, a civil thing which he settles with a lot of money and a promise of silence. He never actually admits guilt, but he apologizes. That was the hard right turn of his career. From that point forward... My impression of Kobe Bryant was a gritty, determined, scowling, uh, you know, the Black Mamba era where, you know, he was just an assassin. Gone was the whole lovable Kobe thing. The endorsements, the commercials that he had had that had celebrated him as such. There was a soda commercial that was like that. I forget what he was was endorsing. That was all joy. and They were gone. And for several years, he didn't have any endorsements or anything. He was just a basketball player. And he, I think he just threw himself back into his basketball, and he became that, that. And that's how I remember the second half of his career. And interestingly, and not coincidentally, I imagine, I was there for every minute of that the 2004 series, the finals, where with Shaq uh, and, and with Carl uh, Malone, I think, and all that, they were heavily favored against the Pistons in the NBA Finals, who Pistons were a bunch of cast-offs. That was the Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace years. You know, you didn't have anybody of the fame level of Kobe Bryant. And the Pistons beat them in five games, holding them to like 68 points and 78 and 80 points. I mean, the only game sh- they won was because of a shot by Kobe. They should have gotten right. swept. That's right, game two. They should have yep. gotten swept. Game two, hit a th- he had a three-pointer with a couple seconds left to force it to overtime, and they lost the overtime game. Otherwise, and Chauncey Billups on the plane going home said, we're not coming back to L.A. Those were the first two games. That we're not coming back. He knew that they could shut down this great team. But I'm sure there, it wasn't coincidental that that kind of happened in 2004 when the, the ship was rocking. And then his second, you know, then he had his second act, which we all know about. But do, do you both agree that there was sort of a split 
when that charge came and, well, and, and all that, that he became kind of a different, perceived different person and, in, in point of fact, a different person. You know what, Mitch? Um, uh, by the way, b- before we carry on with this discussion, we, we, we'll do a little business here and remind you we have a new sponsor today, uh, Butcher Box. Hi, I'm Mike Lupica, and, and when it comes to dining in, I think inside the box, the Butcher Box. Listen, the big game is right around the corner, which means a lot of good times with family, friends, and lots of food. Which is why I'm so glad I signed up for ButcherBox because each month I get high quality meat shipped to my door. Meat, chicken, fish, whatever you like. And let me tell you, the first box I received was incredible. Uh, My wife and I tried the chicken thighs and the chicken wings and I'm telling you, not only did we like them, we had them for leftovers the next day. It is restaurant good. And, and, and the beef is just as good as the chicken. There's a hundred percent pasture raised, grass fed beef, free range, organic and non GMO chicken. The pork is heritage breed. I'm waiting for that one. And the seafood is wild caught. The bacon, no sugar, no nitrates. I don't even have to worry about the box it comes in. It's a hundred percent curbside recyclable. Think about that. Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat, chicken, fish, all these individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed so it stays that way. Plus, I can customize my box or go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. And here's the thing. The price is great. Butcher Box runs about $6 a meal. That's right, $6 a meal, and shipping's always free. If you're not sold yet, how about this? Right now, get free wings for life plus $20 off your first box. I've tried the wings. I'm telling you, this is awesome. That's three pounds of wings in every box for the life of your subscription plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash reporters or use the promo code reporters at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash reporters or use promo code reporters at checkout. Think inside the box butcher box i'm telling you you will not be disappointed mitch it was interesting to me when i when i looked back on what the 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 event that you're talking about because it's you know it's you're right it won't be in the first paragraph of his obit and shouldn't have been okay but it's 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 an important part of the kobe bryant narrative and story he was only seven seasons into his career when that happened. It, in my mind, it happened later on than that. I really did think that his you could almost break his career into two. He played 13 seasons after what happened in, in Colorado. And again, he, he, he always disputed that, that he forced himself on this woman. And I'll, I'll just read you from the statement because I even wonder, Mitch and Bob, if, if in the modern world, anybody would even have issued the apology that he issued at the time. Although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. After months of reviewing discovery, listening to her attorney, and even her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter. And, and you know, the, 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 they, yeah, they finally... Yeah, the end, Mike. That huh? was at the end. That no, no, was I'm saying. Everything was settled. And they, 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 there was a settlement out of court. We'll never know how much, or it, it, I don't even know I, it, about what, uh, how much money or if money changed hands. Anyway, they settled. Okay. And, and even though he did apologize in that, Mitch, I always think of a line from the great Pete Hamill that from that moment on, he lived a life and not an apology. Okay. He, by the force of his game and, and his athletic character, 
he was going to change the narrative. Now, you know, even if you're the Black Mamba, you can't whitewash that uh, off of your record. But he did have an extraordinary, you're you're 100% right. It was an extraordinary second act. It was an extraordinary second act in basketball. I mean, when are we going to hear again about somebody winning five titles in a sport and also an Academy Award? He was going to <laughs> he was going to be an entrepreneur. He, he had become a producer. He had lofty ambitions for himself. And he had become this guy who did have this. What happened in Colorado happened to him. He became a tremendous role model. For African-American kids. And I think that is partially the reason why it was such an overwhelming response to the tragedy from young athletes yesterday. And a patron of women, you know, and this public. Uh, he's a symbol of, of how you're a fatherhood. And uh, uh, that I think women look, Mike, my, you know, yeah, no question the women have, have not, uh, you know, reacted in an be totally negative way about about uh, all of this uh, we do know there was a protest in hollywood two years ago from a, a group of women when he got the oscar that objected to it calling him a rapist and all that but by and large the women i think have reacted today uh, you know in a forgiving if that's the word way and ultimately the, the two people that matter obviously are the, the the young woman who was 19 years old at the time in question and vanessa bryant he made that statement with her at his side they she made did not divorce him yep it they, did not they made their accommodation marriage. yep they had more children you know including one very recently that's among the tragedies here is there a, an infant who's left been left fatherless and uh uh so he's yes, made you know I, he he tiptoed through Bob. those tulips if you will very adeptly and adroitly um but I'll say this, uh, my, my wife made a very good point, I thought, this morning before we, uh, we all convened, which is if that exact same incident as it unfolded took yep. place today, would he have gotten Not off as easily? No. Not a chance. He and Mitch, that's why we crucified. had to put it in columns, Mitch. It, you couldn't tell the story in the world of Me Too without making this uh, an important part of, of his legacy, his history, and his own story, right? Absolutely. And he, he, he was... Lucky. That's all I can say, because there are guys who did less, far less, a lot longer ago. You know, uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, jumps to mind. But you know, how many actors about stuff was bought up about? Well, they they uh, made a comment or they touched me inappropriately and have had their names smeared and reputation smeared. And it was 20 and 30 years ago. And this was far more recent than that. And this was clearly the, the undeniable part was he met a woman. He knew her five minutes, and he had sex with her over a chair. I remember the details of that, all right? Didn't sound like it was consensual. Because he thought and he could. Because he, he thought he, he could. And he escaped. He escaped. I mean, he, was, he, he accepted an Oscar, and most of the people were cheering for him. He was writing children's books. There are a lot of people out there, I'm sure men who have had their careers uh, ended by the things that they did, who were looking at this and going, why him and not me? And you know, why, why is he not? All right. It, it, death... Death wins all hands at the at the table. All right, all the cards go down, and it, it and it, it ends all all the talk because, you know, there'll be people who, and I'm I'm sure six months from now there'll be a piece about did we whitewash Kobe Bryant's mm. you know sexual assault in the in the hailing of him as a tragic fallen. All right, that, that's that's what happens when you're in the public. We said it. It's out there. It is interesting. Um, you can call it ironic. You can call it unfair. Or you can call it uh, life that he became best known in his last, what turned out to be his last years, as a father. Right. And almost every story that you read was about him with his girls. 
And uh, Jackie McMullen wrote a beautiful piece about this. There was a woman at the L.A. Times who uh, apparently knew his daughter and covered her or whatever and had long conversations. He would skip Lakers games. He wasn't that interested in going to Lakers games. And, And even when there were sort of, you know, celebrations or anniversaries that maybe he could go to no I, my, my my little girl has a game or my you know Gianna has a basketball game I'm going to that and it there's some irony and 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 tragedy in the fact that that's where they were heading oh, yeah. yesterday morning on a Sunday uh, they were flying to a basketball game a, a little a, you know a teenage girls basketball game that's what he became known for in his final years so it does speak to the fact that people, there's more to people than just the worst thing that they Mitch, what are we talking, how many times, you just touched on it, how many times have we had this conversation that w- with time and experience and having lived lives, you, you learn more and more not to judge people by the worst moment of their lives, okay? And now, there, there are worse moments where people kill people. That, I'm not talking about that, okay? This was the worst moment of his public life and and again, it happened 17 years ago, 16 and a half years ago, whenever it happened. It's a long time. And and in, in, a, in, a, in a really fine way, he did play the long game. And I don't think anybody's trying to sweep it under the rugs. But, Bob, let, let, let's switch. I want to go back to basketball here All because right. think about it. Think about his this man's stardom, okay? The Knicks, for example, now they've only won two NBA championships. Uh, they never had a, a player as good as Kobe Bryant. Never, 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 never. They had some immortals. They had some Hall of Famers. Nobody's as good as Kobe Bryant. So now we, we go to the two title-winning teams in NBA <laughs> history, the Lakers and the Celtics. The Celtics have certainly had their stars. But, Bob, there has never been an array of stars like the Los Angeles Lakers have had, okay? And, and this is the short list. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Kareem abdul jabbar That's a short list, okay? And who do they call the greatest Laker of them all? Kobe Bryant. It It is an extraordinary basketball legacy. And not just because he played 20 years. He was, he was one, again, I, I, it's not like I'm repeating myself. He wasn't just one of the great NBA stars of all time. He was, because of where he did it and with whom he did it. Oh, I, I forgot Shaq in that list. Shaq played for the Lakers, too. <laughs> James this is, this is This is as star-studded a list as you can fi- ever have, and he is called the greatest Laker of them all. Well, when I first heard that designation, I, you know, I bristled as, as an elder f- statesman, uh, you know, thinking about the, the Western, the Baylors, and the Kareems, and the Magics. And I understand people saying that. I'm still going to hold out for Magic and, and Kareem. But uh, but Magic but you, doesn't hold out for Magic, Bob. <laughs> but you make a good point. And West doesn't hold out for West. I know that West is the biggest, was the biggest Kobe fan of them all. Right. And by the way, there's even talk about changing the logo. You heard that? And, and West, I, I, and West uh, by the way, is, I think would be totally in agreement with it. Uh, Mike, you're right. And you know I'm a Celtic uh, you know, historian, if you will. But I've long come to that grips with that uh, realization that, the, that, that the, the, the crowd for the Laker Rushmore you know, <laughs> yeah. is, is, the, is, is the, the most brutally competitive uh, item of that nature in all a professional sport. 
there is no more elbows throwing, you know, <laughs> get than there is to who's on the Laker Rushmore, whether it's the Celtics or the Yankees or or the uh, Green Bay Packers or or, or or the Patriots or whatever. Nobody has got a more glittery. You're right. You're hundred. I totally endorse what you said. A glittering assembly of of top of the line stars uh, than the Lakers have had since. And by the way. Uh, he never played in L.A., so we can't count George Mike in. But if we were counting the whole franchise, he'd have to be in there for his historical contribution. Well, I want to I want to I want to uh, point out something about what uh, Kobe did with the Lakers that was different than some of the other Lakers. Before we do that, a, a word from our good friends at Kronos. Kronos knows that, like many organizations, maintaining a modern workforce of hourly full and part time workers can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos put HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping on a single cloud-based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge. And they're empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every step of the way. You can learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos, workforce innovation that works. So to me, what separates Kobe's Laker uh, heritage uh, and, and, and legacy, perhaps from uh, some of the other guys, is that he really did do it in two different eras. Now, when you play 20 years you're going to get with one team, you're going to get different eras. You know, whereas Shaq was a Laker for a handful of years and, and Magic's career was cut short. And, you know, 20 years gives you that opportunity. But remember what happened after Shaq left. That was a whole different team. And they had to end the Kobe incident of 2003 and all that. was it. So, so they had to rebuild that whole thing. And there was a lot of talk at that time that, they they had to be together in order to win. And, you know, this speaks to the fact, by the way, and a lot of players have said it, and if they, they'll they say it on the day after he died, then you know that it was true. Um, he was a great guy to have on your team, but not always a great teammate, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, he, 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 he was belligerent to a lot of other guys, dismissive to a lot of other guys. He wasn't the rah-rah uh, laugh and joke guy. He was he was often perceived as aloof. Bob, you mentioned it, and 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 I think it's true. When you grow up in in uh, in, in another country and you have that world view, and you haven't just been playing basketball at AAU and and mm-hmm. and gone to college for a year and popped out the same cookie cutter experience that so many NBA players have. He just had a different world view, and you know, whenever you interviewed him, I mean, sometimes you never knew you're going to ask Kobe Bryant a question. He he, he veered off into all kinds of things. Sure. They, they were often brilliant, but they weren't the standard. Got to give it 100, percent you know, and, mm-hmm. to focus and all that. And so he was different, and and there were a lot of people who thought he can't pull it together as the center of the core if Shaq's not there. Shaq was what got all those guys because Shaq was funny and guys I'd be around him and Kobe was just, you know, the uh, he could be Kobe because Shaq was being Shaq. And instead, in what was it, 2008 and 9, were those the years that they ended up winning? That there was 8 and 10. An, 8 and 10. Help me with the rosters. It was Pau Gasol. Yeah. It was Lamar Odom. Uh, Derek I mean, Fisher. Derek Fisher. These are complimentary players yeah. at best. Not to, Gasol. Oh, I'm going to put it just... Well, Gasol, don't, Gasol, don't put Gasol, Gasol was a star. in that category. Yeah, He's a Hall yeah, of Famer. I, I keep, 
keep remembering his later years because he's he a Hall stuck of Famer around a long and, time. And he should have been the MVP in 2010. I'm sorry. Okay. No. Uh, uh, yeah, he wasn't Shaq, but he was pretty damn good. Uh, but that's a whole different lineup sure. with him at the absolute core center, and they won two more championships. And I think yes. if you asked him in his heart of hearts what was his biggest accomplishment in the NBA, I bet he would say those two championships as opposed to the, it's, the three It's earlier. amazing when you look at the numbers, Bob, that the Lakers have compiled, okay? Magic played in nine NBA finals. I think West played in nine NBA finals, and he lost eight of them, by the way. Um, <laughs> LeBron has played in nine NBA finals. Kobe played in seven, won five. Again, Michael played in six, lost none. Um, but when you look, it, it's just extraordinary, Bob, when you look at, at where, again, he was made for L.A., he was made for this franchise. He was made for Jack Nicholson sitting in the front row. He he just seemed to fit that as well as anybody except perhaps Magic Johnson and, and Showtime and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, I again, if I had to pick one guy to make one shot or play one game for my life, it would be Michael Jordan. But man, oh man, Kobe's not far behind. No. Kobe's not far behind. And and there was no question. I'll go back to what Doug Collins said. They, they knew he was getting the ball. They would set up the perfect defense, and it did not matter. Mitch, you saw it in front of your eyes when, when the, the Pistons should have swept them, okay? You knew where the ball was going. You know where the ball was going. Maybe Robert Ory didn't know that well that night. Let but. me throw out a number that resonates. For, well, Excuse, I mean, resonate Rashid. Sorry. When I think about him, and and, it's, and anybody should. 81. He, he, he 81 points. points. <laughs> yes. 81 <laughs> points. You know, and, and, you know, Wilt set the record. We are on March 2nd, 62. We know that. Hershey PA. Uh, but, but, and Wilt was Wilt, and that was a whole other. But, but in terms of, you know, lesser mortals, uh, 81 and of course, the final game was ridiculous. You know, off the scale. I mean, fifty I, shots, sixty points. I mean, to hell with it. He, he went out and did it. His, you know, it was it. It was an exhibition game, and you know, that happened to be game eighty-two of a schedule. But it was he treated, and and no one will ever go out with that kind of blaze of glory uh, in that regard as, as he did. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I I don't care. I don't care. Bob, if they lob the ball to you every single play, you're 37 years old in the NBA and you're scoring 60 <laughs> points in a game. That's freaking impressive. And Mitch no, no. and Bob, how about this? How about this? Of, of, of all of this intertwining of history and intersections, how about LeBron passing him for third oh. on the all-time list yep. on the night before he died? And where does he do it in Philadelphia <laughs> where yep, Kobe hometown. played high school basketball and where his father played for the 76ers one time. It was just one more weird element to the tragedy of the last. As there are so often these stories. And they're, uh, it's like I always say, Mike, in the matter of truth versus fiction, I take truth plus the points every time. And, you know, you wouldn't concoct a more amazing scenario as, as you just tied together those two things. There's no question. All right, By let the me way, ask Mitch a question. I want to ask Mitch a question, but, but before I do, I just want to remind everybody that once again, uh, we are happy to be sponsored by Geico. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. 
Sorry for all the numbers and in five, four, three, two, one. I'm out of time. All right, Mitch, you've heard us say where we think he fits, okay? Where do you forget about the NBA? Where do you put him on the list of, of the biggest stars you've ever covered uh, as, as a columnist? Well, I, Mike, I, I think the way he died is going to change that. Uh, you know, James Dean is always remembered differently because of how young he died than if right. he was now in, you know, he lived to be 80 and was making bad movies. So uh, Marilyn Monroe, the same way. There's an element of that now to Kobe Bryant. He will now and forever be remembered as being cut down too soon. You know, uh, the, the, the the famous poem, you know, to an athlete dying young. He He's that, I read that poem, uh, you know, when I was working on my column and it's, it, it, it's, you know, much of the language is, doesn't make much sense today, but it basically talked about being carried on the shoulders of a town after winning a race and then being carried on the shoulders in a coffin as you're being put in the ground. That's the essence of it. Mm -hmm. And there is no way that you cannot think of those two images now with Kobe Bryant uh, because of his youth. So I will say that he will first and foremost be remembered as a life that was cut short. That's why I say the first paragraph changed with him. You will never know what Kobe Bryant might have become. Now, in the worlds that he was choosing to do things, storytelling, as he put it, you know, making movies or making animated things for kids, you don't get the same acclaim as you do winning NBA championships. And it would have been an admirable second act. It, I doubt it would have ever approached the fame level that, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant wasn't starring in movies. He wasn't like LeBron is where LeBron's second act is going to be all about LeBron. Uh, but it still would have been extremely impressive. And I think now and forever we remember it as being cut short. He was um, complicated. You know, he, 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 no, and maddening sometimes is an, is an yeah, active, you know, maddening is an active player oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, not I mean, everything he, that came he out of his more, mouth was pleasant. Mitch, who broke? He probably did more to break up one of the most formidable partnerships in NBA history with Shaquille O'Neal than Shaquille yeah. did. I, I, I believe it was more oh, yeah. Kobe. Remember, Bob, don't I'd you think play, it was more I'd rather Kobe? play on Pluto than play here. You know, yeah. Pluto would be better. Uh, the, the, I, in some of the LA Times uh, uh, commentaries, there are columnists who say, you know, he won them five championships and cost them three. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that may be true. I'll leave it to them. They watched all the games. I went into town once, guys, in the middle of all that, um, and the column that I wrote was about there's two triangles with the Lakers, more than, one more than you think, and the second triangle is Phil, Shaq, and Kobe. Cool. Yeah, Not and just, by know, the way, the, guys, I just saw this uh, pop up today, and, and it's just one more element to this story. He gave an interview to ESPN about four years ago and, and he how he wanted to be remembered. And he said, I've always said that I wanted to be remembered as a player that didn't waste a moment and didn't waste a day. And and when you look back at his career all the way through 60, dropping 60 on the Utah Jazz, he did that. And and, it, you know, the one thing we we kind of touched on today, Mitch, and, and we, we and Bob and we need to touch on more is. He had one of the most insane work ethics in for the, that any great, you know, star ever had in sports. You know, he was the guy in the gym. You know, he was turning on the lights in the gym. He was turning on the lights in the gym in the summer to get himself to be better. See, and this is the difference between those guys and 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 the people who go practice. 
yeah. who never got it, <laughs> right. you know, and, and yeah. I mean, you know, who never got it and never do get it and never will get it. But that's what makes these special ones that they, they marry, they marry. God knows he had a DNA. You know, Jellybean Bryant was an airhead, but he had a lot of talent. He he, he inherits a, a DNA from a father who was good enough to play uh, a, a multiple years of professional basketball here and abroad uh, with with the talent, with the work ethic and, and intelligence. He's a very bright person. You know, you know what school he was going to? If he weren't, if he hadn't chosen to go, he was going to Duke. He was going he, to Duke. Yeah, and no, he was yeah, easily yeah. qualified as a student, not just a jock. Uh, he was a yeah. bright. You know, you know, he was bright. You just listen to him open his mouth anytime we ever knew him. So he married the whole package together, as Michael did and as others have done, and and that's 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 who these guys are, and that's why they're better than so many others who just have the talent or and don't I, have. I enough imagine talent. now in the, in the months, I always you know with famous people when they when they die, particularly young. I project ahead as to what are the stories going to be a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. And I'm sure there's going to be, um, as she is willing to speak, a lot of attention on Vanessa Bryant and the other three girls that she's now raising and going to have to raise by herself. And, uh, you know, they will likely become national figures to some degree as well and and the empathy that will be uh, given to them uh you know in a, in a, a small modicum of what happened with Jackie Kennedy and her kids you know after uh, you know everybody the country mourns the 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 person struck down young and then well what happens to the family and there'll be a lot of eyes on that i would end uh as we head down the stretch here with the fact that when he retired i think he's going to definitely the first and maybe the only who kind of announced his retirement with a poem that he wrote for, albeit a website that he co-owned or started <laughs> or whatever, but uh, he wrote a poem called Dear Basketball, which ended up becoming the basis of the thing that he won, the animated thing that he won the Oscar for. But he wrote a poem to the game uh, that uh, began with, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. And ends with, uh, and we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands, five, four, three, two, one. Love you always, Kobe. Read in hindsight, there's a, a certain... Uh, poignant, very poignant, poignant uh, oh countdown there. Uh, I will. To I will end short. here today. I will end here today. And and it is rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, to Gigi Bryant, uh, to to a pilot named um, Era. What is his last? Sobayan, and a young girl named Peyton uh, Chester, and her mother Sarah Chester, and a college baseball coach named John Altabelli, and his daughter Alyssa Altabelli, and his wife. Carrie Altabelli. Okay, it's it's obviously we're going to talk about the person that we know, and and uh, this was an unspeakable tragedy on a Sunday afternoon in January. That's going to wrap it up for today's program. Uh, we do do the sports reporters every Monday and Thursday. Uh, we hope you join us again a few days uh, from now. Uh, we're skipping the parting shots in respect to Kobe Bryant and. Uh, allowing the whole show to sort of end with that. But we will see you again on Thursday. Uh, until we do with Bob Ryan and Mike Lupica, this is Mitch Album saying have a good week. 